everyone. Welcome back to To Some Extent. I have a very special guest here with me today, Bradley. Want to introduce yourself? Hi, guys. My name is Bradley Pollinger. Um, I have known Avery for going on five yeah. years now. Um, I'm currently living in Kansas City and working as a database architect and data scientist uh, for an insurance brokerage. And um, previously I was working as a data scientist for a commodities company. And I had actually switched jobs probably maybe a month ago now. Um, other than that, I like to, well, I've got a dog uh, who keeps me very busy. Mm -hmm. And um, I like to golf and really into Formula One. And uh, yeah. Love it. So Brad and I met in the dorms at CU, which is crazy. He was probably like one of my first friends I met besides my roommate. We lived across the hall from each other. So we were like neighbors throughout freshman year. And we kind of went through that transition together, which was, we had a pretty crazy <laughs> freshman year, not going to lie. Um, but also really fun. So that's where Brad and I met. Um, so we went to see you together. And now I want to start off with what did you study in college and how did it get you into entrepreneurship? Gotcha. So I majored in strategic management and entrepreneurship, and then I minored in data science. Okay. And I focused all of my, I really liked data science. Um, so all of those, after you had done all of your core classes, your core requirements, I kind of backfilled those with um, computer science, data science courses. And I was really good at it. And so I kind of took a liking to it. Um, but as far as entrepreneurship goes, um, I think the first time I really started to gain traction for uh, something that I had built myself mm -hmm. was all the way back in middle school, okay. maybe. Uh, so I want to say seventh or eighth grade when people were really into fingerboards. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like those little, yeah, little tech yeah. deck things. Um, and so it was a huge wave at my, at my middle okay. school and the problem was that people were doing it in class and they would get them taken away because the clack of the wheels on the desks was loud and so the teacher would grab them and and um so one day i just went home and i basically took sheets of index mm. cards and glued them together um and then molded them onto like a like a cutout of a deck what a what a skateboard deck would look like and then i bought grip tape off of like Amazon or something. And um, I went to school and I sold a few to my buddies for like $20 each. And then, uh, you know, they were really popular. And so the next day I came with more and I was, we had these pods, like our eighth grade mm -hmm. pod, which is where our lockers were. And I got swarmed by so many people. And I just, I remember I sold every single one of them. And then I walked home that day and it was like, I think I had made like five or six hundred dollars, which at the time would seem like so much money to me. Um, and so I just really loved it. And that was like the first first time that I ever had, you know, found a problem, mm -hmm. 
created a solution and then sold it to um, you know the, the the market that was interested. So I thought it was uh, that was kind of the uh, the spark okay. for mm -hmm. everything. And then um, you know I tried to use my uh, my coding skills um, later in life and kind of in college too, and it became a little bit difficult. Um, I had a number of projects that I worked on. Um, my most, the closest one to being to production was this uh, made app because I remember um, I used to have an apartment in college and uh, I would always like to keep it as clean as possible. But the problem is we would have, we would always have guests over for like parties and stuff. And I'm sure, you know, you can recall being at some of those. And, um, my place was always trashed after it. I remember being like, uh, well, damn, I wish I could just have someone come here and do this for me while I'm, you know, I'm, I've got other stuff to do. I wish I could just hire someone to come mm -hmm. in and clean, you know? And I kind of focused it centrally around that idea of college kids needing extra assistance because they've got other yeah, things like uh, on their plate. Exactly, exactly. And you're not home a lot of the time, you know, like you can't, uh, and then in your free time, you know, the last thing you want to do is pick up trash or do laundry or whatever it may be. You have people over, like, you guys had people over all the time. But it was never ended, yeah. you know? Like, you clean up and then you yes. come over again. And, yeah, endless cycle. Yes. Um, but I was notoriously OCD about having my place okay. clean. Um, so I think that was kind of the genesis of the idea um, and I had built it in, um, Xcode, which is, uh, Apple's version of like, it's basically where you create, uh, you know, phone apps. Okay. And so I had to learn Swift, uh, which is the language that Xcode uses. And I had built out a complete prototype of the app. Um, but, you know, I realized there were a few issues, um, with the business side of things. I knew that the market was there. I, I, I had, I had asked some people, you know, if they would, first off, you know, you could have college kids sign up to make money as a side mm -hmm. job. Um, cause I knew people who were like, Oh, like I would love to clean or like clean people's money or clean people's, uh, apartments or houses or whatever they're staying in for, uh, for cash, quick cash on the side. And so I knew that there would be people, you know, locally who would be into it. But the problem was, the well first off a huge privacy concern is having someone else enter yeah. into your home so there was going to be a large upfront cost of us to bear if we wanted to get people to sign on we had to uh, pay for all these background checks for people and then that kind of gives you a little bit of reassurance right. the problem also too was that uh that was right when COVID hit oh. so i had this big idea and then it was like COVID hit and i was like Nobody is ever going to want a stranger in their home for like the next five right. years. Like that was my mindset. I said, okay, there's no way like someone else is just going to um, have someone be willing to. So I guess it was just the wrong yeah. time. I um, that. Yeah. So that was pretty tough because uh, I had committed a lot of hours mm. into that project. And um, I really thought it was uh, a good idea yeah. too. Uh, but I was thinking a little short-sighted. Uh, so, I mean, you also didn't know COVID yeah. was coming. No one could really predict that. 
So that I'm sure was a huge, you know, burden on you. Um, So I do have some follow-up questions for you. Once you get an idea, what's your first step in like your process to fulfilling that project out? So it was kind of like a solo mission, but I guess my first step was always to uh, do some market research and see. So like at the time I had a girlfriend and I would ask all of her Mm -hmm. friends, you know, like, would you guys be interested in something like this? Um, You know, or, you know, I'd talk to people at parties or whatever the hell it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, any real social space in college where you can find, I mean, because college is just ripe for, uh, you know, inventions because um, you've got so many people condensed in a small right. area so you can you have access to, to all different types of people from all different kinds of mm-hmm. backgrounds and so I just started asking questions to you know like if 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 people would be interested in something like this um, and that was really the first okay. step uh, and then after that it became you know just uh, you know a dry erase marker on a whiteboard drawing out what everything would look like, how it would work. Um, and my dad at the time, and my dad still is, has, uh, you know, he's in software. And so I would ask him, you know, is this something that I could actually okay. do and create on my own? The validation from someone who had already been in the industry and created and launched or had been an yeah. entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur that had already created something um, in that digital realm was, uh, also good to hear because then I knew, okay, you know, I've got the, I've got the market. I know how it can be done. I know that I can do this, you know, and then I just began building the thing. Um, so yeah, uh, first couple steps and then, you know, it's just keep your head down, but you know, college is busy and it throws a lot of different, uh, loops at you. Mm -hmm. So you've got work life balance and, um, you know, relationships, it's just, uh, there's a lot to handle. So, um, it, it, I wasn't efficient enough. I think, you know, I probably could have launched it before COVID happened, but even if I did, it wouldn't have been successful. That's why I'm really excited about this project that I've been working on now, which, um, I don't want to get too into, but I will say it's, it's really cool in the fact that, you know, today we live in an age where everyone's data is collected and, and sold by, you know, if you're just on the internet browsing, whatever, shopping, doing, you know, things that you find normal, you have no idea how many people are watching you and, and capturing your data. And one thing about working in data science is you realize how much data people have on you. And so it's a little bit terrifying. Um, and I've explained this to my friends too, um, but so basically we are trying to revolutionize um, the way that people choose how they want to navigate the internet. And um, we're going to, our goal is to chip away from, you know, these massive corporations like Google, big tech basically, and promote smaller developers um, uh, through, uh, software as a service. So basically we're just, you know, trying to give people the freedom of choice on how they want to navigate, if they want privacy, um, what levels of privacy that they want. Um, and that idea I've had for probably about three years, but I didn't really take a bite into it until, um, 
you know, after I had had my first job, my leap after college, mm-hmm. um, and I knew, I just felt like I had started to unlock the potential and I had started to see what kind of data people were, were capturing um, just within my organization. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit frightening. I will admit it was a bit frightening. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I figured, you know, I, I now I'm just starting to open the potential that I feel like I have or my potential that I feel that okay. I have. And uh, luckily it turns out I live directly across from two f- twins who are full stack developers. No and so they work. Yeah. So they work, they work on the front end of things and I kind of create the back end database architecture. And then we meet, every week and we discuss, you know, our progress and, um, that's been going on for about three ish, three and a half months wow. maybe now. Um, so yeah. And then recently I went to the formula one Miami grand okay. Prix, um, with a couple of college friends and that was fantastic. Um, and we met, um, a guy there who was attending USC at the time for construction management. And we connected right off the bat. He was there all by himself, which is very odd at uh, an event like uh, a Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. You know, typically you go with a group, especially since he was visiting from right. California. Right um, yeah, yeah. And so I just started talking to him and, um, you know, he asked me what I did. And I, I had told him my job. And then I had also explained to him the project that I was working on. And he was like, well, man, look, like, uh, he's from, he's originally from India and his dad is one of the sharks on Indian shark tank. I kid you not. I kid you not. And so he was like, man, like, let me grab your number, all this stuff. Like, like come out flat to India whenever, like, please like meet my, my family. And, um, and, you know, I've been communicating with him back and forth about our progress and where we stand. Um, so that has been kind of a, a yeah. gift, you know, it was really unexpected. Um, and yeah, so I was, uh, pretty shocked and, um, also really excited at the same mm-hmm. time. And so that kind of was like, okay, so we've got, you know, we've got the market, right. you know, I'd asked and we had already, or we're, we're currently working on developing the thing. And, uh, and then we, we knew we could get, in, if we needed capital, we knew that we could get in to someone who could provide us with wow. that. So um, that one, it, I have a little bit more faith in this project than I do in my made app because one, it's not just okay. me. And two, um, you know, now that I know that we have options of where, uh, you know, we can get funding if right. we need, because I'm kind of self-funding this right That's now. a lot um, of work, you know, we just started working full time so it's not like we have a ton to give as we're all like trying Um, to live off our own income you know I want to go back to I think that networking is something so important no matter what industry you're in so I want to go back to that and kind of pick out your brain on how are you just so social you're just running into these people randomly or you're constantly talking about this new project and you're kind of just you know a magnet to towards people that can help you what do you think it is you know are you 
um, actually going out there and looking for these people or you're kind of just really proud and talking about your idea and these people just happen to fall into your lap? No, uh, I am not a very social guy. I'm sure, you know, you um, and, you know, all my friends in college know that I was kind of, uh, I'm kind of a recluse. So I don't really, I don't really talk to people about a lot of things. Um, I am very, uh, you know, I stay to mm -hmm. myself. So, um, but I will admit that we were drinking quite a bit at the Grand Prix. So um, that kind of helped you know, the little social lubrication. So, um, you know, and then I almost related to the guy when I had met him, uh, networking wise, I just was like, you know, I see this guy alone who's really passionate about formula one. And so I just went up and started mm -hmm. talking to him and picking his brain. And I really got to know a lot more about him before I had, you know, kind of talked about okay. myself. And so, you know, I would say networking is not one of my strengths, um, even though, you know, I realize it's important. Um, oh. But, you know, I have definitely been, there are times where I've been extremely lucky to meet certain people um, in my life, uh, a couple of professors too, that I still keep, his, uh, keep in contact with to okay. this day uh, from mm -hmm. CU, who, uh, you know, could, could get me a seat at that table. You know, if we really needed, if all else failed and we really needed, um, some extra help, uh, we could, I could reach out to. So, um, you know, I've got, I don't have a wide network. I would say that I have kind of a smaller network of, of more powerful or influential or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call them. Um, people who I know, um, are validated through their credentials and who are, you know, willing to offer support to someone, you know, who's a recent grad who's passionate about whatever idea it is. Um, so, yeah, I think networking is really important, but I also think, you know, if it's not your strong suit, you know, you've got to be able to put yourself out there at sometimes, you know, uh, no matter what, uh, if you can stomach the courage to, to meet new people, which is, again, not something that I am exceptionally good at uh you know you may you may meet someone who could change your life it it doesn't uh it it it's fate yeah. no that's awesome that you met yeah. those people and it seems like you really know your audience which is awesome um kind of going off of what you're saying about putting yourself out there how do you deal with you know going through failure or self-doubt when you create you when you come up with these ideas and want to execute them. Do you ever have that sense of doubt or fear? And how do you deal with it? You know, I think in college, I doubted myself a okay. lot. Um, because I was, you know, you're still kind of young, and you don't really realize what you're capable right. of. And I think truly, after my first job, I realized, like, after being fully immersed in something, I knew that I was good at it. And so, um, you know, with failures, I think, uh, I think failures are, are a great thing. You learn a lot from them, even if it's not in business or, you know, networking or wherever, um, even if it's like a social right. failure, I think everything is, uh, 
a good opportunity for you to learn and reevaluate. So I think uh, there's this book that was written by David Goggins called Can't yes, Hurt Me. And yes. Uh, and so there was a really dark point in my life over the summer after graduation. Okay. And I had went, I had flew back home to Hawaii because that's where uh, my parents live. And um, I was reading this book uh, and every, it was, it was, really inspiring um and it teaches you how to deal with that Mm self-doubt and i think the number one thing that you can do to deal with self-doubt is to i mean self-doubt comes from you breaking trust with yourself so if you say hey i'm gonna go to the gym or work out or you know work for three four hours uh building the back end to this project or whatever it may be whatever you're doing if you tell yourself that you're gonna do something and then you break that trust with yourself by not doing it for whatever excuse you may come right. up with. That that doesn't help. It confidence and and that that trust with yourself comes from being able to stack those events where you said, you know, I want to do something. It's hard, but you know, I'm still going to mm-hmm. get it done. And I think David Goggins calls it his cookie jar. And so that's what I kind of envision okay. is like you reach into your cookie jar. You know, whenever you're feeling that self-doubt and you can pull something out of it and it'll inspire you to okay. keep going. So, you know, I've had, I've had medical issues in the past, tons of things that I've, you know, I thought would, would, would finish yeah. me and, um, you know, but I still pushed through. And so being able to, I didn't realize how big my cookie jar was mm-hmm. until, you know, I kind of read that book and realized this is something that needs to be addressed and something that, you know, I've already built up such a, a good, good rapport with myself. And, you know, I've, I've, I've conquered so many things in life that, you know, I haven't always, uh, I, you know, everyone has right. challenges, but, you know, and it's completely a, a personal journey, but, but, um, yeah, I think being able to stack wins, um, internal wins on top of each other is what kind of negates that self-doubt and almost erases it entirely. I like that a lot. I like that you brought in the book to it and that's how you get over it. Cause sometimes I feel like even for Lex and I, for the podcast, you know, it's more not internal doubt, but it's putting yourself out there to the public has been a fear of ours, you know? So I, I like that you brought it into a different aspect because I didn't even think about, you know, what you said. So that's really cool. If you guys love gold jewelry as much as I do, you have to check out Slide Jewels. Slide Jewels is a jewelry brand that crafts contemporary and affordable pieces from high quality stainless steel. From earrings, necklaces, rings, and bracelets, Slide has pieces for everyone. Use code to some extent to get 30% off your purchase. Links and promo code will be in the show notes, so check it out. How do you learn from your mistakes, let's say for your made app? And have you learned any lessons from that that you've taken on for this new current project that you're working on? And how do you, you know, tell your friends or your partners that you're working on this, you know, like this didn't work out, let's try something new or what, 
what have been some of the hardest lessons you've learned from, you know, your past failures, your past ideas, your past projects? That's a great question. I think, you know, dedication is a big one. I think at the time, you know, I was stretching myself pretty thin with um, a relationship that was going nowhere. And, and I think, you know, I also at the time had plenty of classwork that I was doing, but at the, you know, I did, I still had that self doubt. So I think being able to recognize, um, you know, that you're not fully committed to something is the first step in changing and, you know, uh, changing direction into a better direction. You know, I don't really talk about my projects with a lot of people. Okay. I don't like, I only had told a couple of people, mm -hmm. um, that I was even developing this, uh, this, this current project. And it was, you know, a small thing. And I had kept it to myself because I realized, you know, it's better to fail. And, you know, I failed on a larger scale in college because, you know, you have more eyes on you, but, uh, you know, I think it's, that was a big humbling lesson of, okay, you know, tone it down. You don't need to be as loud. You don't need to say, Hey, this is everyone. This is what I'm doing. Look at me. Um, cause then it's just for show. But if you kind of, if you kind of just tone it back and you really focus on, you know, your passion and what you want to build and you almost don't let other people, you know, into yeah. it. Um, and I don't want to say that other people, you know, their opinions are bad because you need, you need validation for, for anything that you make, but, uh, especially in entrepreneurship. But I think the, you know, letting people kind of into that idea and then, you know, uh, almost poison me with doubt is, uh, was a big issue. So I, I learned to just be more self-motivated okay. and not go off of that that social validation, which I think ties in pretty well to social media and like how people, you know, seek a lot of validation through social media right. now. And I had deleted my Instagram. I now have a very, very small Instagram um, with 20 something ish followers who are just like really have known me for years and years. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, I, and I, I don't, I, I don't really post things unless I'm super passionate yeah. about them. Um, so I think trying to step away from that exterior validation and more focus on the internal validation is something that was really important to me and a key to the success of, or the, the hopeful success of the current project okay. that I'm working on now. I feel like too, in college, it's hard because you're around so many people. There's so many people around and when you're talking about things, even if not your, you know, your app. It could just be like about your personal life or, you know, you want advice from people. It's hard to find those people that you can actually trust and, you know, have your best interest in, I guess. That's what I've found hard too. And I can totally agree with what you're saying about starting a project and just keeping it secret. Not even secret, but just to yourself and not shouting it out to everyone. Yeah. When Lex and I started this podcast, we, I think, made like five episodes without telling any of our friends, any of our family, like literally no one, just to make sure we wanted to do it. And 
felt the love for it before we shared it with everyone. And it felt so much better because I can totally see how, you know, if we told somebody and they were like, what the heck, why? And then they'd put doubt into my head. Yeah. That's how it falls. Um, So you're hitting the nail right, right on the head. That's, that's unfortunate, but it's true. You know, I agree with you too. Like I do have confidence in myself as well as like our projects that we work on, but you know, when your best friend tells you, you expected something else, like a different reaction from them and doesn't happen. Sure. Of course it's gonna have an effect on you. Um, So I also wanted to ask you, you when working on projects in college while you had school and exams and all that and social life, now you're working on projects with a full-time job. How do you balance your time with, you know, work now and working on your project and social life and whatever other things you have on. Do you like follow a certain routine? Do you, I guess, how do you manage all that and how do you balance it all? I definitely have a routine. Uh, I think routines are really important. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, balance has been something of, uh, substance in my life lately i've kind of been just verging on that tipping point um where i just feel you know like i am working Mm full-time job um but then you know when i first started working i think it was you know i would get home from my job completely exhausted and the first thing i would want to do is just take a take a nap like i was so tired and it was just draining but then you know as you kind of get ingrained and more comfortable with your own ability you move into a routine that's more sustainable and long-term, you know, and I I find it helpful to write things down. Um, So I I keep, I keep a log of everything that I do during the day. Um, And then, you know, I'm able to look back through and see, you know, um, you know, where I failed or, or, where, you know, I could have done something more. Um, but I think documenting my schedule, my time was a big thing. Cause I realized how much time I was wasting in certain aspects of my life, like, uh, uh, social media at the time, this was in the summer, right after graduating where I started kind of developing these habits, but social media was a big thing for me. And, you know, I was just spending all these time, all this time on TikTok was yeah. new. It was just, it was like, I could scroll for four hours and I'd, I'd look up and it'd be dark out and it was horrible. Um, so, you know, I think um, logging my time, what I'm doing throughout the day was a big okay. thing in order to develop that routine. And uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely don't, I wouldn't say that I have balance right now. I'm, I kind of push I'm, I'm at that point where I'm young and I feel like, why don't I push myself and see how far I can really go before my breaking point? So, um, I don't know if it's the smartest way to stress test yourself, but, uh, that's, that's kind of been my approach is, you know, let's see what the hell I can do. No, balance is hard. I mean, it's difficult, especially, you know, transitioning into this new chapter. It's hard to just even navigate it. So all respect to you on trying to, you know, figure it all out. Okay. I have some guest questions that I want to ask, but I have one more serious question on this topic. How do you 
define success? Completely internal. Okay. How big is your cookie? How big is your cookie jar? How full is it? You know, um, it, life is an experience, and I think that people don't. You know, it, when when you kind of put all this heavy burden on yourself to to go through life a certain mm-hmm. way, um, you know, whether it be someone else's imperative that's imposed on you, I think um, you need to be able to to focus on what re- you really mm-hmm. want to do. And uh, that has been a key for me. I think you need to be able to focus on, and it sounds a little bit selfish, but focus on yourself as much yeah. as you can, you know. Um, that's uh, that's been a huge factor in in the success of of me in my personal life. I too, I notice it in my personal life too, uh, which is kind of counterintuitive. It, it may seem, but um, you know, once you start focusing on yourself a lot more, then you people respect right. that. You know, if you're not going out to drink every every Friday or whatever it, it may be, you know. And you kind of know your limits and know where you you stand. It's it's more empowering to yourself, and other people will see that, and they will they will recognize that, and they will they won't push you or you know kind of pressure you to to do things anymore because they know that you you have a routine, you have you have your own set mm-hmm. of morals, and so you know occasionally you get people who try to break them, but that's where you you have to you have to dig into that that cookie jar and you know remind yourself you know i'm here for a reason this is what i want to do with my life i'm gonna stay focused no i don't think that it's selfish either i think your 20s are supposed to be your selfish years you know you're trying to figure out so much in one decade i feel like this is the most transformative decade we could be in Um, definitely so i totally agree all right to the fun questions are you ready for this Absolutely. What is the weirdest scar you have and how did you get it? We ask all of our guests these questions, so. <laughs> I've got a few weird scars. Um, I've got one on my back okay. shoulder that came from surfing where I, it was, it was, uh, I had fallen off my board and it was a uh, pretty bad wipeout. <laughs> and I hit the reef and there was like a chunk of skin that just lobbed off uh from this coral so that was that's like my biggest scar oh um i also have a scar on my head from freshman year in the dorms i cracked my head open i think you you must remember that that was terrifying you had to get right yeah yeah it was i had i had eight staples in my head what did you Um, do i was wrestling with my dorm mate at the time in the hallway and uh, I had picked him up, and then I went to drop down onto the floor, but he had his arms around my head, and I was facing to my left, um, and he kind of held me, um, held my head that way. And then we were, as I was dropping down, my head went into the the door frame, the metal mm-hmm. door frame of one of the dorm rooms, and it just pressure split open. And it was just this huge gash, and, and there was blood everywhere on the floor. It was terrible, terrible. <laughs> and um, that one's pretty interesting, but it also, you know, my hair covers it now, so you don't really see it. That's um, so bad. Oh, we I, did- yeah, that one was, that one was like, bad. 
I think we'd come home and wrestle every single night. Yeah, there was something about the aggression. Yeah, we were really aggressive floor. Even, like, our dorm only had three floors, and we always were known as, like, the third floor kids. Like, you're definitely on the third floor in that hall. I'm like, yeah, we're loud. Yeah, we were loud. We were loud. We were just learning. Yep. Um, Okay. I forgot about that story. That's not hilarious, but it's it's, a, it's definitely a memory that stuck. Um, okay, do you have a reoccurring dream that you remember? Oh, sleep is a touchy subject. I get I I don't sleep no. well typically. I have I have nightmares. Like um, I'm not sure what it is, but. Um, I used to have this one dream that I actually drew out because I got, it was so vivid. I had seen it so many times. It was so vivid, but it was like this figure would be shaking so quickly that it looked like, you know, it looked like it was stationary, but it would be vibrating to where the edges of it were blurred. And it was just this uh, grotesque figure um, with these horns, these spiraled horns. And it would turn everywhere you know like if I was sitting somewhere it would be always in my view so I would turn around and it would instantly you know shift into a position that it could see me and I thought it was I think it had a lot to do it doesn't happen anymore but um, I think it had a lot to do with my self-doubt and um, a couple other factors too at the time that were you know out of my control Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it was, I was letting other things affect me that shouldn't have affected me. And so that was um, a, a good wake up call, if you will, um, to, to kind of reevaluate, you know, my life. Cause I think dreams are incredibly oh, powerful. Um, yeah. They always have some sort of significance. So, or at least, you know, sometimes you get the, the really odd ones, wow. but uh yeah, I think that one was was uh, definitely uh, a reoccurring dream that I had probably for about a month straight. It was it was and it was the same dream every night. And uh, yeah, I've got it dr- drawn out on a on a sheet of paper in my bedroom. That's I mean, that's first of all it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was not and fun. Smart that you <laughs> drew it out just to be like, okay, you know, kind of face it in a way, but I. Can- yeah, dreams yeah. are like insane. I I also I only dream ever so often, but when I do, they're usually nightmares. And I'm like, okay, this obviously isn't like a good thing. But at the same time, I ask my brother about this all the time too, because he's like fascinated in sleep as well. And there's just not a lot of research on it or knowledge, you know, about like what it actually means. I think it could be taken in so many different ways, you know, like that figure for you. Obviously, it symbolizes yeah. something in your life, maybe for you, you know, but I don't know. It's just crazy how you can really dissect a dream in so many different ways. Yeah, you can get you can get so deep into it. You can get so deep into it. Okay, um, last one. What is one of your nicknames and where did it come from? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, my immediate, my first thought goes back to my family. Um, I think it was Schmad. Yeah. So my name is Brad. So they called me Schmad. 
because um, uh, and this was given to me by my family when I was like probably four yeah. or five years old. Um, you know, but my mom or dad will still call it call me that uh, to this day. So, uh, and it came from. Well, first off, I have red hair, so I'm I'm fiery, right? Uh, but it was like schmad schmad man i would be like this little fiery ball of energy when oh. i was younger um so instead of brad they called me schmad i'm not sure if it was just what kind of play on words it was but um yeah that's that's <laughs> that's a little bit embarrassing but uh that was the first nickname that i was given love it i mean yeah first nicknames are like a rite of passage they're awesome and always memorable <laughs> no matter where it comes from um, yeah. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's so nice to catch up and talk to you. And yeah. Good to talk to you as well. Best of luck on this new project, you guys. If you thank you coming out, you gotta go give Bradley. I'll promote it. I'll promote it. I'll come back yeah. on here when it's no, finished. No, you should. We definitely would love for you to come back. Um, Sweet. But well, thanks for having course. me. Thank you, and happy Tuesday, everyone. Bye.